One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. San Diego, California. This is Palapalooza. I'm your host, Troy Cook, coming at you from El Cajon. El Cajon? That's the anus of San Diego. Thank you for tuning in to Palapalooza, episode 100. Popping bottles, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to rant here for a couple minutes, so if you want to hear me and Ernie's conversation, you can skip ahead a couple minutes. Uh, The last year and a half have been really fun with Palapalooza. Just want to acknowledge a few people. Uh, starting with my brother, it was his idea to start the podcast, so shout out to Byron, he listens a lot as well. Shout out to my wife for putting up with um, strange musicians coming into my backyard. <laughs> shout out, Tiffany. Uh, Eli and Kelly, big supporters, Infinite Signal, Darren Sater, Mario, uh, Mitch, Fishing for Chips. Got a shout out, Danny Ortega for designing the logo, Will Castro for coming up with the name, Tim Piles and Loudspeaker for their support, Uh, Riot Scene, Peter for his support, my boy Evan Gutierrez, thanks for all your support, buddy, Peter Duff, Adam Sisko, Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast, all the guys in my band, Ready, Set, Survive for their support, Morgan, Scott Zikla for setting up some interviews recently, and uh, Sean Drake. There's so many. And if I'm forgetting you, I suck. It's been fun. I don't want to rant too much, but uh, 100 episodes is a a pretty good feat. What can I say, man? It's been a fun venture, a fun experience getting to know everyone out there, getting to know the music scene a little bit more. I always say this, the music community here in San Diego is, is really like a second family to me. I got my brothers, I got my sisters, I've got my crazy uncles out there. I've got the second cousins that I don't talk to quite as much. But uh, y'all are family, and it's been a great experience. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know a lot of people have been listening since day one, and I appreciate it. I'm really just doing this as a hobby and uh, to gain exposure to local bands. And when I first started, you know, I never really thought that I'd have such nationally renowned or globally renowned bands on. I just thought it'd be sort of a a local podcast. So to sit down with um, people that I idolized growing up has been really cool. And, uh, you know, of course, all of my favorite locals, I'm scrolling through my Spotify, viewing all of the past episodes. And, you know, I got to give love to my boys, Mainsail, The Rough, The Montel Jordans, Aviator Stash. I wasn't really a fan until they came on the podcast. And then I saw them jam and heard how good they were under the palapa. And I'm a legit fan. And they were on that House of Blues show. 100 episodes, baby. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support. And to everyone that I just listed, thank you guys for contributing to the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, unreal. Let's check in with Ernie Longoria, the drummer from Sprum Monkey, a local legend for sure. See how he's doing throughout all of this and see what's new with Sprum Monkey and his new project, Foreign Lands. And sweet home San Diego. Hello. Ernie Longoria, my friend. How are you? I am good. How are you, how are you, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there, buddy. Hey, dumb question right up front, dude. Are you related to Eva Longoria? Uh, let's see. Do you get that? Yeah, I, all the time. Um, <laughs> and it's so funny because originally I wondered that myself. Right. The Longoria family, which is from Spain originally, there isn't a ton of us, you know, but there's a decent amount, but like, I, I kind of had a feeling maybe somewhere down the line, make a long story short, um, my brother went ahead and did uh, his... Um, the test, right? The genetic... did one of those genealogy things. That's what it is. And and he found out that we are related. So. Wow, <laughs> crazy. Some Yeah, she is somehow a distant cousin of some sort. Okay, so that wasn't a stupid question, dude. <laughs> it's a unique last name. So, yeah, right on, buddy. Uh, good, to, good to catch up with you here again. Um, we just chatted with Marcos Curiel, yeah. your good friend. You got a, a side thing going on with him, Foreign Lands. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, dude? Foreign Lands is kind of a project that came about uh, somewhat um, originally based on some of the music that uh, that we had kind of left over and unreleased from, uh, the accident experiment. And, um, 
some of the tracks that we really, really liked and just never got the light of day were instrumental, happened to be instrumental tracks because we kind of had that side to us where we wanted to do uh, some instrumental music as well. Um, and so, yeah, so one day we kind of, you know, we kind of toyed around with the idea for for quite a while, for several years. And then uh, eventually we just kind of had a good conversation, kind of a sit down and we decided that, you know what, let's go ahead and just do it. You know, let's just let's put some of this music together, uh, write some new music to go along with it and create a project that it's, um, uh, at least for now, uh, primarily focuses on instrumental uh, music. So um, that's kind of how that started. And yeah, and then, uh, you know, and then the COVID thing happened and obviously kind of put us on hold. <laughs> Screwed everything up. The accident experiment, dude, I totally remember that that project. That was what, early 2000s? Yeah. I'm here and you're so pure. You make me feel special. My untouched angel. How did you originally get connected up with Marcos? Was it just POD and Sprung playing together? Yeah, uh, sort of. I mean, uh, I think um, Marcos made a mention of it uh, in the podcast because uh, I obviously listened to it, which was great, by the way. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, and he had made mention that um, that him and I go way, way back when he he originally used to come out and watch Sprung and, you know, and watch us play and stuff. And then uh, we had maybe had talked just kind of briefly, you know, uh, after the show or something like that and kind of had a somewhat connection. And then his early band, uh, uh, chicken farm, I think is the name, um, uh, actually ended up playing on a couple of sprung shows way, way back. And then I think a combination of that. And then, uh, and then I think a little further when he, you know, when he was in POD and they, they kind of started doing their thing and then we started playing shows together and uh yeah and then we just kind of built a friendship uh early on really like that and then um but really became more friends um a few years later um and uh just kind of you know just talking more and then we started hanging out and then uh next thing you know we were actually jamming right on i don't believe you have any recordings right there are some live jam sessions on youtube the two recordings that we released on youtube um they're not available anywhere else right now it's just literally we were just kind of throwing stuff out there just to get give people uh, a little a little snippet of kind of what what's to come and um those two tracks goliath and um uh man hasta la muerte those two are actually tracks that were recorded um actual studio sessions that were done uh during the accident experiment times um, but were never released and were never really properly mixed or anything or mastered, certainly. So they're very rough, but they are actually tracked. Um, and so that's one thing that we talked about is, you know, do we actually use those since they're there? And we're pretty happy with all the parts. They just really need, um, you know, uh, they need a proper mix on them. And then, um, you know, and I think maybe that's something we'll assess uh, later, you know, maybe after we get somewhat of a mix on them if we like them, or we could always retract them. I look forward to seeing how that progresses, man. And that's foreign lands. You guys, you have to be as complicated <laughs> as possible with the name, dude. It's <laughs> F-O-R-3-I-G-N-L-A-N-D-Z. Yes, absolutely. And we have an Instagram account and uh, and Facebook page and all that. So, um, But, you know, like I said, everything was kind of put on hold. We really would have liked to be further along. I would like to even say that, you know, originally we were talking about possibly uh, playing live sometime in, you know, July, possibly, maybe even sooner, We maybe even June, but obviously that's not going to happen. Right. Um, but yeah, um, you know, by now we probably would have had several songs. In fact, right, right before the stay-at-home order was put in place, uh, our last two practices, we were already developing a couple of new songs. So uh, we were well on, on our on our way to creating new music and, and stuff. So, but we'll get back to it. You know, it's just uh, it's a temporary hold. This whole pandemic thing has certainly put a little kink in the uh, the musicians' plans a bit. I'd say, right? <laughs> How's your stay at home situation going, dude? 
uh, I mean, it's good, you know, as good as it can be, right? It's like you just uh, try to stay as safe as possible, you know, and then try to uh, be as creative and and uh, do things that, you know, will keep you from away from boredom. Right. <laughs> you know, things like that. But ultimately, you know, this thing is obviously it's real, you know. I mean, uh, people are dying every day. Uh, there are obviously thousands of new cases and, and thousands of deaths. And I mean, it's happening. It's, uh, I'd like to think it, it's not, you know, reality and we're in a bad nightmare, but it's, it's not. The truth is it's real and it's, uh, and there's no, no, no end in sight at the moment. So, you know, uh, just staying home, uh, like I said, doing, being creative, doing things, writing music, uh, I play my drums a lot, which is great. Yeah. Doing a lot of cooking, which is awesome. Yeah. And then hanging at home, you know, doing house, house projects, just stuff, you know, but um, definitely going out as least as possible, you know, uh, you know, certainly you can, um, you know, you can be one of the many that are, that are asymptomatic, you know, and, and have it and probably not even know it and probably have no symptoms and never even knew you had it. But um which, you know, which is obviously the best scenario in that case. Um, but you could easily be the guy that passes it on to somebody that has, let's say, you know, a compromised immune system or some, or something, an underlying issue or older person or whatever. Right. And then you give it to them without even realizing you had it. And now they're in trouble. Right. And now, and now they're possibly fighting for their life on a ventilator and that's not good. So, and we're seeing that happen, you know, every day. So it's pretty scary stuff. And so, uh, you know, just trying to be as safe as possible at the moment still. Totally. I follow you on Instagram. So I see your, you know, your posts and everything. You got a, a sick pad over there. You got like a little fire pit. Is that your patio or backyard? Yeah, it's backyard. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the little oasis kind of away from it all, <laughs> away from the disease and the virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. I know you're super into photography. Have you been able to sort of be creative with that during this time? I guess not so much, right? <laughs> no, that, that's been put on hold as well. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I assume I could have, you know, kind of redirected my uh, style of photography per se, because I do a few different types of things, but mostly outdoors is kind of my favorite thing because it's therapeutic in that way as well. But, right. um, but no, you know, what I did is I kind of ch mostly channeled my energy musically right now. So I'm playing, uh, I'm playing my drums quite a bit more than I normally would, which is great. Um, you know, almost every other day, sometimes every day, um, for a while. And then I'm writing a lot of music as well, writing a lot of parts and stuff for foreign lands and writing also other new music for different projects. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, so I've been more channeling it on, uh, on the musical end than my photography. Although I, um, I can't wait to actually start, uh, you know, be able to get back out there and, and work on my photography as well. Totally. I thought it'd be cool for photographers to capture like abstract photos inside their house you know, but make them look super cool. So I know you're more of an outs, you know, outside uh, beach sort of photographer, but uh, just just an idea, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, I do all kinds of stuff. If, if you look through my feed, you know, most of it is um, ocean-based right. uh, photography just because I love, obviously, sunsets are beautiful and they're so different every single time. And there's just, in my style of photography, which is uh, when I do that, kind of photography it's um it's the long exposure style photography which allows you to really be creative and it's almost i look at it almost like painting you know because all the variables that go into creating the scene that you want uh allow you to to really turn it into almost sort of a painting you know in that sense where you really see like the movement of the ocean and the stillness of other parts that aren't moving and and so there's like contrast always in play. Right. Um, and I don't, they, you know, every picture comes out different depending on the angle, depending on, like I said, all the variables that are set on the camera, uh, filters and different things. Uh, but yeah, so I love that part of it, but I do have, um, I play around with, you know, a bit of architectural photography as well. And, um, uh, some abstract stuff as well. I do some of low key photography. Some of it you can see in my feed. Uh, but different things. So yeah, you never know. I might, I might, uh, 
I might take you up on that advice to uh, maybe <laughs> maybe do something that's home based that could be cool and creative as well. Right. Yeah, totally. I know you're super passionate about uh, photography, so I just wanted to touch on that. And I've been following, you know, yeah. I see your throwbacks to Hawaii. And, you know, I look back two years ago, we were in Kauai, and I look back at photos that I took in Kauai, and it's uh, it's kind of depressing, to be honest. I mean, it's always nice looking back on memories, but uh, damn, Hawaii's looking good right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We uh, We had to cancel a trip that we would be uh, well, yeah, we're supposed to go there in May. We were too. We canceled Kauai. Yeah, we we were going to Maui, and so obviously that's not going to happen. Right. And um, and yeah. also my wife and I were supposed to be in London in March, so clearly that was canceled. And that one was funny because we were that was really when everything, all the information started coming out, and London wasn't quite yet on a. Um, you know, they weren't closing things down yet or whatnot. So right. we were like, man, do we get to maybe go? And, <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's funny looking back now because we had no idea what it would amount to, what it would become right. uh, literally days later. But yeah. it, literally after we, we, were, we thought maybe we can still go to London, it was, everything was shut down. All of a sudden we're like, oh, there it is. Well, yeah, no chance in going now. I can't even get out of here or go there. <laughs> right. It yeah. got out of hand really quick, man. I listened back to a January podcast episode when coronavirus was first brought up and I had no clue. I think it was January 30th. I asked the the guest, yeah. what what is that? What is coronavirus? Right. So it progressed really quick. Um, and it's unfortunate, but you know, you got to stay optimistic. You got to keep your head up, stay creative, stay busy. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, it's just a matter of not sinking into madness and just trying to stay busy, dude. That's kind of why I'm doing this. No, absolutely. That's, that's really the best way to approach it. I think, you know, right. if you want to stay sane through this whole ordeal, I think that's <laughs> probably good advice. You know, um, I, you know, I, 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 I I'm a person that really likes to stay very updated on current events and things like that. So sometimes I can tend to um, maybe watch news or listen to news or YouTube uh, documentaries and things a bit much on, on different you know, subjects such as this. Right. And you can really, you can really allow that to affect you. But I, I, have, I have a pretty good way of, of, of just, you know, gathering the information and then kind of, uh, not really letting me, you know, get down about it or feel any particular way other than just being informed. Um, right. But a lot of people, you know, they really let it affect them, you know, and, and so that's where you get all, all you know, and, and and another, you know, part that's sad is, you know, is, is how the whole thing is now um, inevitably be becoming also politicized, totally. you know, because it's, it's just inevitably that's going to happen, you right. know, because of all, all the variables involved. But, um, but anyway, it's, it's polarizing. It is. I don't know why that is. I don't know why everything has to be divided right and left in this country, but it just seems to be, Yeah. it just seems to be like a go-to comfortable sort of thing where, yeah, no, it really is. Everything is just kind of split. There's more than two different perspectives to this, you know, not everything is, is red and blue. That's, that's my opinion. Well, it's, it's sad that this literally can't be as simple as a safety and life and death issue. You know, that's really what it should be because that's what it is at, at the heart of it. Mm -hmm. But because of politics and because of all the variables involved, um, it can't be. So you, you're going to have division. You're going to have different points of view. You're going to have, you know, all of that involved, which then skews the, the reality of really what should be in focus. Right. Um, and so, but, you know, that's what uh, humans are good at doing. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I think we're still pretty uncivilized as a planet. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. You know, when we're killing each other and when, you know, people are murdering each other, I think that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty low on the totem pole, bro. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that that is. I mean, you know, how about, how about people that are taking advantage of the situation and, you know, scamming people at the moment because of it yeah it's pretty crazy that anybody could even do that yeah yeah unreal let's get more on a positive note here buddy uh <laughs> <laughs> but i know we can sink into it it's a hot topic uh, this will release in a couple weeks so we're hoping things progress even by then i know phase two in san diego is starting 
uh, this yeah. week. So I think small businesses will open with a lot of restrictions. Yeah. Um, uh, my business is affected. I'm a DJ, dude. I do weddings. So that's on hold for time being. I don't know what your job situation is, dude. How's that looking? The, the bummer part, and just to touch back on the show that we were supposed to play together. Right. That would have been March 20th, dude. The holding company, Sprung Monkey, The Frets, and Ready, Set, Survive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a bummer. It was like, I mean, we were right in the beginning of the, all of this, you know, and it's funny now also looking back at that because the promoter and I were having conversations about, you know, how can we save the show? <laughs> you know, and right. at the time we were having these conversations, I believe they had, they had, uh, they had an order of, I think it was, you had to have groups less than 250. So it was 250 or less. Right. And so we were like, okay, maybe we can work with that, you know? Right. And, and mind you, this was before really knowing having really not a lot of information on this and knowing the gravity of, of where it would go. But like, we were still like trying to save the show because, you know, we wanted the show to go on and, and, uh, ticket sales are really good. So clearly 250 was not, you know, going to be, it wasn't going to be what we, where we would have had the show in capacity wise, but if we can make it work, sure, let's try it. So we talked about it for about, you know, about a day or so. And then we both came to the, um, we just, we both decided literally that it just wasn't a good idea because I mean, literally within a day or two after that, a lot more information started coming out of how, how bad this was and how quickly it was spreading. So we were like, you know what, let's just postpone it for now. Right. It's just a better idea. And so we decided on that. And then sure enough, literally another couple of days later, that was it. They went from the 250 to now 10 people. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have more than 10 people. I want to say that was a Friday night show, right? Friday night show. And I think the stay at home order was put into effect that Wednesday, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. That sounds about right. Somewhere around there. I mean, that show was just right in the heat of battle, dude. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Do we have a date set? What are your thoughts on when we'd be able to do a show at THC? That's a huge question. I mean, that, I, with, right. with, uh, without an answer completely, I think at this moment, you know, it'd totally. be nice to have a good I, idea of that. But the reality is, is we're in phase two, right? So phase two, um, is certainly not going to allow shows. Um, and so I, I, I don't even think phase three that that's even possible. Don't quote me on that. I'm not hundred percent sure. I think you're right. I don't think that we could have, really a show even in phase three and who knows when we'll be in phase three if we're just entering phase two now right uh i do know phase three uh the numbers got to look really good you know in order to even enter that phase but um but having said that you know that's why it's kind of a mystery of when we can do this i I would we were we were shooting for july i'll tell you that right now the promoter and i talked about late july as a possibility uh is that impossible at the moment I don't know. Um, my initial feelings on it would be that that sounds pretty impossible. Um, you know, I think we would, because, because as far as I know, and like I said, don't quote me on this, I could be off on this, but I think that really shows and live shows and live events and things like that, that draw hundreds of people, certainly thousands of people, um, nothing like that is going to happen in, um, in stage three. And I don't even think in stage four, I'm not sure though. Right. Uh, I don't, maybe, maybe in stage four, they'll do a minimum capacity thing. And maybe we, maybe, you know, maybe it will be a thing we can do at 250 or 200 or something. I don't know. Right. But, um, I, I really can't see it happening in July, but, um, who knows? I could be proven wrong. And all of a sudden there's a miracle cure and everything's fine. (laughs) We'll see. No, I appreciate it, dude. And I don't mean to put you on the spot, Ernie. I know it's a lot of uh, speculation and everything at this point, but I think everything you said is spot on. And I think unfortunately for musicians and for concerts, it's like, dude, going to a large show during a a pandemic is about the worst thing you could be doing. I mean, you're talking about dudes yeah. sweating on each other, throwing elbows, to, you know what I mean? Sweat flying everywhere. Just sweat <laughs> flying everywhere, you know? Yeah, un- unfortunately, uh, yeah, a live show is about as worst a scenario as you could come up with. Right. You know? I think that even is probably worse than a, like a sporting event because in a sporting event, you're at least in, in your seat 
and you you know you can be at least a little bit away from a person but let's face it i mean in a venue like the holding company you know and, and i know based on the last show we played there it was literally i mean like sardines in there i mean you know probably too many like way more people than should have been in there right. but you know it does make for a great fun show a lot of energy but you're talking about everybody right next to each other. There's no way to social distance. There's no way to keep germs from people, you know, or certainly a virus from one person to another. I mean, it would just be impossible. Kind of worst case scenario, yeah. It's interesting to look back and watch video of festivals and just have sort of an appreciation and a different perspective on that, huh? Like even right. my, my daughter's super into prices right right now. And every time, <laughs> you know, come on down, every time they come up to the stage... First thing, shake hands. And I look at that like, yeah. that's never going to happen again. No shaking hands ever again in America, dude. Right to jail, right away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of people talk about that. Even uh, Dr. Fauci, is it? Yeah, he Fauci, even yeah. said that, you know, that he would recommend that. But it's like, I think in the long term, that's unrealistic. I think that, you know, eventually, I'd like to think that eventually we have a vaccine right. and enough immunity built, you know, um, that this becomes as normal or as regular as, you know, sort of a, uh, sort of the common cold, you know, uh, right. or something like that, like right. a flu virus of some sort where at least it's controllable. Yeah, sure enough, people are going to get it, but it's not going to be out of control like it is right now. Right. Uh, I think that's realistic in the near future. Um, you know, who knows they're saying don't count on a vaccine till 2021. Mm. Well, you know, uh, in the big picture, that's not that far away. So if in 2021, we can get things back to a controllable situation, and then I think that we can start to, you know, see things uh, get into more normalcy than, than, you know, than not. So we'll see. I'm with you. Time cures a lot, dude. I think the, the, the word of the month or perhaps word of the year is uncertainty. <laughs> right. A lot of uncertainty. Yeah. It's just amazing how things have changed in the last uh, couple months. Um, let's talk a little bit. Obviously, we haven't gotten too much into Sprum Monkey. You're the drummer for Sprum Monkey. Most people listening have heard of that band. Oh, well, bless my soul. She's right on time. She looks so fine. Why don't you just touch on briefly how Sprung sort of catapulted to a national level? Like what happened there in the early stages? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it was pretty much um, just getting a, getting, you know, getting a record deal uh, that, um, that was really good for the band at the time. Um, and once that happened, uh, compiled with all the touring that we had done, and uh, exposure that we have gotten at the time um we we shot a really really cool video for a song that the label and us and everybody else involved thought would be a great first single which was get him out of here sure and kind of the rest is history from there as far as that which you know really just led from a cool video to um to that song actually becoming a top 20 billboard hit for the year, uh, nationwide, which was huge. Um, K rock and LA picked it up and then everybody else followed. And that was, that was just monumental for us. And, you know, and then from there on just, it was kind of like a domino effect, you know, which that led to, uh, the video getting added to MTV. And then we did the Conan O'Brien show, which was huge at the time. Wow. And then, and then, um, and then we did lots of touring festivals, a lot of radio shows, which, um, yeah, I mean, just a combination of all of that was, you know, kind of what catapulted us to, uh, to a different level, you know, and then we, we sold, we ended up selling lots of records because of it. So, sure. uh, that, you know, in a sense built a, a really good following at the time and, and just allowed us to really, uh, kind of capitalized on that. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much how it went. What was that label that brought you guys to that next level? Was that a major or an indie? It, yeah, it was Hollywood Records. Okay, and they were pretty big at the time, right? Huge. Uh, yeah, they were owned by Disney. Wow. So they have okay. Mickey money. Yeah, they have Mickey <laughs> money. How do you feel like Sprung got Hollywood's attention? 
you talked about Taylor Steele and you know the the surf videos and stuff like that. Was that before you got signed? Yeah, that was before the Hollywood deal, and it was that's really what really got us the grassroots following that we had. That kind of helped a lot with that. Was the whole uh, surf and extreme sports. Uh, side of things that kind of started taking off for us like uh you know on that end so that really helped us build that core following um and then uh and then we showcased uh for several labels including hollywood records and that's how we ended up getting a deal what venue was that at your showcase i couldn't even tell you right now we did we did a lot of them uh back then okay yeah there was a few labels that were interested and um and so we showcased quite a bit and uh yeah eventually somehow it uh, landed on hollywood records being interested and yeah next thing you know we're signing on the dotted line yeah <laughs> the rest is history man uh bringing it to present time what's new whisper monkey yeah right now obviously everything's on hold but um as soon as things get back to normal uh i know we uh, a couple of our last uh practices we were talking about definitely starting to work on some new music so I know that's going to be a priority is, um, yeah, just start to really hone on some uh, new ideas, new riffs and things like that and start to develop some new songs uh, to get some stuff out there. Cool. Yeah. And then, you know, and then obviously continuing to play. We were really looking forward to the Holding Company show, which would have been awesome again because we love that venue. And, um, and then that was going to lead into our next show, which... Um, could have been either we were talking about music box or uh belly up so one of those would have been next but like i said everything on that end we'll see we'll see what happens in the near future but yeah i think um i think the main thing is to work on some new music you know it's been a little it's been a while since um since we've released anything and you know not to say that necessarily it'll be a new album per se but definitely uh, especially in this day and age, you know, it's not like you really need an album out. You just, you know, put up a couple of new songs and, you know, some people can stream them and that kind of seems to be a good way of kind of going about it. So I can see us definitely developing a few new tracks and then kind of choosing maybe one or two or three that we really, really like and maybe uh, releasing something that way. Awesome, man. I look forward to hearing some new stuff. I've seen you jamming, you know, playing drums on Instagram. Where is that? Is that at your pad or at the uh, rehearsal studio? Yeah, we have a rehearsal space where um, all our stuff is. And so my drums are here all the time. Just they stay set up and everything. All our equipment does. It's it's uh, Which is cool. You know, it's, it's our room. So everything is uh, nice and safe and ready to go when we walk in. So I've been spending a lot of time down here. In fact, that's where I am right now. Right on, man. I don't want to give specifics, but is that still in El Cajon? Ooh, I can't. I can't. Uh, you can't say. You can't disclose that information. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did last time, like, bro. It, but it's, it's all good. It's, it's like the Bat Cave. It's, it's like the, the Bat, Bat Cave. Cave, right? It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything you want to shout out to the the San Diego music scene here? You've got you know you have a lot of respect here locally. Anything you want to say to these local musicians? I think the the thing would be just everybody stay, you know, stay positive, you know, definitely stay patient as well, which is hard to do is have patience with, with this. You can get antsy really quick. Right. And I think that, you know, just stay creative, you know, because this is a good time, um, ironically, to actually spend a lot of the time that we have or surplus time to write parts, write songs, you know, be creative musically. I mean, uh, you might as well channel it, you know, in that way, you know, and then in some ways it can also be a very good tool for, you know, uh, inspiration for songs and whatnot. So I, I would definitely say utilize your time in that way. And, and you never know what you can come up with. For sure. Write some coronavirus parody songs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you did, yes. <laughs> did you see that? You saw that? The the Why Corona? Yeah, that's pretty clever. <laughs> nice to chat with you. We're going to do a quick dream segment, all right? Quarantine dream segment. If you could be quarantined with one celebrity, who would you pick? Celebrity? Or maybe someone you could jam with? Who's your biggest uh, inspiration on the drums? Uh, well, he is no longer with us. Would that be Neil Pert? Sad to say, yeah. Yeah. yeah Rest he, in peace. Um, but 
if I could bring him back, then yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> for absolutely. Sure. According to Marcos, you guys are sort of featuring different vocalists for foreign lands, right? Well, we yeah, I mean that's that's part of the idea. It, eventually, I think that that may happen. Cool. Uh, it's something that he kind of came up with as as an idea. Uh, you know, that would be different and kind of cool. You know, to throw into this project is to have some, you know, have guest singers do certain different songs. Right on. And um, yeah, so I mean, that that's definitely something that we possibly can do and, and might actually do um, while still keeping the, the instrumental side of the band, you know, um, as well. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that all kind of happens, you know, and, and what order and, and things. But um you know, kind of tough to say until we can we can get back to jamming and, and kind of uh, get getting back to creating, you know, creating the project itself. But, you know, uh, working with Marcos has always been uh, a very, very uh, awesome and creative time because he's a really, really creative person when it comes musically and, and ideas and things like that. Uh, and obviously a great guitarist. Um, so it's 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 always really cool to develop things with him. Him and I have a really great uh, synergy in that sense. Um, we really see a lot of things in um, you know in in the same way a lot of the times, or, or even if we have a different idea of things, somehow they meld together uh, correctly. We just always had a great chemistry in that way. But he's always a great guitarist to uh, and 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 musician to work with. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, he had nothing but great things to say about you, obviously. I think you listened to it. I did. Thanks for listening, dude. Sticking with the dream segment, who would be a dream vocalist uh, for you guys to sort of collab with, with Foreign Lands? Who's the ultimate singer? Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to throw also somebody that's not no longer here with us. Sure. So maybe, maybe I'll keep that as, 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 you know, kind of what we're doing here. But um, Jeff Buckley. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think you gave him some love last time, dude. Yeah, good answer. Yeah, he's he's absolutely not only one of my favorite singers of all time, he's one of my favorite artists that actually put out easily in my top five albums of all time. Uh, his album Grace is, is absolutely incredible. But she cries to the clicking of time. Oh, time. Looking back on uh, Sprum Monkey since what? What year? 91? When you guys first formed? Yeah, somewhere right in there. Yeah, that sounds pretty close. 91, 92, something like that. Favorite show for Sprung Monkey looking back? Oh, dude, that's just like... Maybe a show where you looked out and just thought to yourself, you know, you felt like you made it. Well, I think I think last time we spoke, I, I gave you one show. And mm-hmm. I, I think, I could be wrong, but I could have sworn it was during our conversation that I... You asked me a similar question. I thought maybe I said something about a show in Australia. And I, I believe it was like one of our first shows and it was kind of a smaller venue and it was just incredibly packed beyond, I mean, beyond, beyond certainly where it should have been. I mean, fire code was probably broke 10 times over. That's right. You mentioned that. That was just incredible because of, of the energy, but I'll give you another one in, okay. uh, once again, Australia, but we played a festival with midnight oil actually. Nice. which was huge at the time there. And then, uh, and tool was a headliner. So imagine that. Oh yes. And that was just incredible. Cause we, we were doing really well in Australia at the time. And I think this was during undertow to like tool tools album undertow was out. So they were already pretty big and, wow. uh, we had pretty good slot. We had a, actually really good slot. So by the time we played, we were probably in front of around 15, 15 to 20,000 people. Wow. And that was pretty amazing in that sense. You know, um, not the energy that you feel in a show, like I mentioned before, but just a sea of people, you know, when you look out and you're like, wow, that's like, you know, that's just hundreds and hundreds of yards deep, (laughs) you know, just people. Yeah. That was pretty intense. And obviously playing with legendary bands like Midnight Oil and Tool was, was amazing in itself. Right on, man. Very cool. You guys have a good following out there in Australia? Yeah, that's always been our best market by far. 
Sweet. That's that's where Sprung does the best. Yeah, that's interesting. I know a lot of, you know, some other locals too. I think POD and I know Unwritten Law has a really good following out there. We touch base with yep. Scott and Wade for this thing. Yeah, we, we toured uh, we toured with Unwritten Law out there as well a few years ago. The kids down there just crave it, huh? They love SoCal punk rock for sure. Awesome. They, they do. I mean, all the bands that are, you know, would be considered in that genre uh, do really well out there from Pennywise to Unwritten Law, Us, uh, you name it. I mean, those kind of bands just do great out there. Very cool. Long flight, right? I want to say it's one of the uh, the longest flights on the planet that you can make, that or New Zealand. It's Yeah, it is. It's, it's dreadful. It really is. It's like 14 hours. That's insane. Yeah, it's not, not fun at all. Um, right. And we've done it so many times. I mean, there were years when we were going twice a year over there. Wow, and so that's a lot of uh, super long flights, but um, so worth it once you're there. Totally, such man. an amazing place. Yeah, that's a great memory. Good shout out, dude. Yeah. How about you know? There's no shows right now. Create a bill for this Friday night, bro. If you could go out, you know, stay at homes lifted. You could go to whichever venue here in San Diego and see any band. Uh, give me, give me three bands. And the venue. So like a dream scenario again, right? Dream scenario, dude. Yeah. Living or dead. Let's get crazy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Since, since Exactly. Since I've been uh, using that so far, let's, let's keep it going, right? Um, okay. So the opening band would be a band that definitely is in my top 10 uh, favorite bands of all time. And they are, members are still around, but they're not together. Definitely one of the probably most highly anticipated reunions that hasn't happened. And I'm still hoping that maybe it will, but I don't think it will. So the opener is The Smith. Oh, there you go. All right. This month said it's gruesome that someone so handsome should care. That's a pretty big opener. This is going to be a good bill. Oh, yeah. This is going to, this is going to, hey, we're going big, right? This is going to go big, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw Jeff Buckley on second. And the reason I'm throwing him on second is because I unfortunately never got to see him before he passed away, uh, which I regret hugely. But um, so, yeah, let's throw Jeff Buckley on right after because he was just critically acclaimed for his live performances. Just unbelievable. Absolutely. All right. So the headliner is a very, very well-known band. Very highly critically acclaimed. Probably my top three favorite bands of all time. Sometimes they're my number one band, especially when I'm listening to them currently. I'm like, wow, these guys are just amazing. They are the headliner. They are still current. And uh, that would be Radiohead. Radiohead, yes, dude. When's the last time you you saw Radiohead live? I saw them, uh, I think, for the In Rainbows tour. Okay, so we got we got the Smiths, Jeff Buckley, and Radiohead. What venue in San Diego? You know what venue I love seeing bands at? It's been a while since I've seen one there, though. But I actually saw Tool there, and I saw um, I've seen a few bands there. I saw the Colt there. Um, uh, San Diego State Amphitheater. Yeah, I saw Unwritten Law there. Yeah. Oh, dude, that venue is just awesome. It just sounds great. There's not a bad seat in the house because it's not too big, but it's not small. Absolutely. Uh, we actually played there once too, sprung it. But any show you ever see there, it's just it's a phenomenal venue. I love it. That would be a great show, man. Friday night. Yep. Ernie Longoria as the promoter, folks. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll even i'll even mc it you'll mc it yeah that'd be dope <laughs> or i'll have you mc it even better all right all right dude i would be there and i'll you know what i'll throw i'll throw uh something in the mix as well you can dj in between sets yes dj troy in between <laughs> i love it dude thank you brother i appreciate it now we're talking and thank you for hook and ready set survive up with uh the show that never happened um hopefully <laughs> Hopefully it does happen. I mean, oh, yeah. me and the guys were really excited to to play with you guys. Um, and, I, I, you know, I get the feeling it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, I do too. And 
you know, first you're welcome. Uh, Thanks, buddy. you know, because, uh, I was excited to have you guys on it. You know, we talked about it for a while sure. and, um, and so, yeah, really, I was really looking forward to it. And so, but let's, let's just keep positive on the thought that it will happen. And you, you have my word that as soon as the promoter says, okay, we have a date, we can actually do this. Then you guys are back on board, obviously. Hell yes. Yeah. I look forward to it, man. Uh, that's going to be an epic show. And, uh, gosh, the first show back is just going to be, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think people are craving to get back out there or do you think there's going to be a little anxiousness and hesitancy to go back out? Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine if it's anywhere in the near future that people aren't going to be apprehensive about it. How could you not be right? You know, how could, how could you, so it, it's really hard to imagine how it will happen. That's why I think, you know, the first, my first thought would be that it's going to have to be a limited capacity situation because I can't imagine unless it's, you know, well down the line where this thing is just, you don't even think about coronavirus anymore, uh, that they're just putting, you know, four or 500 people in a room like that. I just, I just can't imagine that. So, um, yeah, it's, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are be sketched out about even going. So it'll be interesting, you know, but, um, uh, I think, I think, you know, once we have a better idea of when we can actually make this happen, um, I think we'll, we'll really be able to assess, is it worth doing something half-assed right now, you know, where it is limited capacity and people are scared and, or do we just wait, you know, until things calm down, things get back to normal a little more so, you know, and things are under control. And then we can have closer to a show like we would have had. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a tough question to answer since we don't have any answers. Right. Totally. Yeah, I'm hearing rumors of drive-up concerts. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Have we talked about that? I have not. I've seen people posting about it. I mean, sure, why not? Right. Right. In the interim, yeah. I'm, I'm open to any ideas, really. Sure. Um, anything that can allow bands to get back out and play. Sure. So if it's a drive-in situation sure we're down i would love to play in any scenario in that sense you know that's being creative and kind of opening maybe a new door that hasn't ever even been thought of because of this situation absolutely um and that would certainly be safer you know than trying to get uh, a few hundred people in a smaller room you know uh together i mean that would definitely be safer than that so I'm open to any suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think musicians uh, just want to get back out there. You know, musicians just want to yes. stay creative. And uh, it's it's really cool to see how everyone is sort of adapting and yeah. and being creative, you know, with, with stuff like, you know, you're releasing videos, you see Green Day releasing covers every Monday, you know, all the parodies out there. Right. Uh, creativity, there's there's really no killing it. Yeah. and And it's good to see. You know, it's good to see musicians channeling the energy that way. Totally. You know, because it's so easy not to. It's it's probably easier to just mope around and, you know, and kind of let it get to you. But I'm glad that people are going out of their way to um, be creative and come up with ideas and do things that um, possibly even maybe inspire people, you know, which is great. Ernie Longoria, Sprum Monkey, all the very best to you and your wife, buddy. Really nice checking in with you, dude. I look forward to sharing the stage with you. Yes, indeed, man. Thank you. Absolutely, bro. Let's hope this passes sooner than later, man. No, absolutely. Let's let's keep positive and let's hope for the best. And, and uh, I'm glad you guys are doing well over there, you and your family. And let's keep in touch. And um, and I will definitely let you know when, uh, you know when I hear something about the show and we'll make it happen. Sounds good. We'll, we'll definitely blast it and uh, promote it. But uh, nice, nice catching up, buddy. All the best. Thank you, Ro. Take care. All right. That was Ernie Longoria from Sprum Monkey. Nice checking in with him. We'll keep you updated on that show at The Holding Company. Again, check out his project with Marcos from POD, Foreign Lands, F-O-R-3-I-G-N-L-A-N-D-Z. You can see some stuff on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening once again to episode 100. Here's to 100 more. Continue to drown out the noise with some amazing music. Take care. Stay classy.